Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS and KMOX. Gorgeous day out there. A few minutes past 4 p.m. Every Tuesday, we do the Think Tank. Alvin Reed, my KU brother, is a consistent contributor to the show. David Barklage making his first appearance on the DGS, president of the Barklage Company, former chief of, chief of staff for Peter Kinder, and uh, in the Senate, president-elector for Missouri in 2000. I already like him. We're having a discussion off the air. Very reasonable guy. Dave, welcome to the DGS. Uh, I did not know this was a Think Tank, otherwise. Yeah, you, <laughs> might have, you might have avoided it. <laughs> I mean, it's in, it's in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Spell different. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of like, wait, wait a second, think tank, wait a second. Right. Uh, well, I can think, so yeah, I guess that qualifies. So I gave a little bit of your resume, but introduce yourself in a real way to the audience. You know, I, uh, I'm a strategist, and I think I told you, I said I'm not apologist, and I'm not particularly partisan, uh, because I have to look at what is, not what, what people want it to be. And I think people that are very ideologically driven, uh, and very partisan-driven, tend to embrace what they want to believe and not necessarily what the real world is, even if you don't like the answers. And so I remember one time I was involved in the, the takeover of the Senate and House in Missouri back in 2000 and 2001. And I remember at uh, Senate caucus meetings that I, they suggested moving to the first floor because they always wanted to throw me out of the window in the third floor <laughs> of the Capitol when I would give them briefings. And I said, you know, it's the reality. If you accept that reality, you can actually change the world. And so, you know, I think as you get in this business, you transition from just winning elections to, you know, trying to actually fix the community. And so... I think our firm does a lot of we're involved in the governor's race, the attorney general's race, uh, the uh, secretary of state's race. Uh, we represent leadership in the House and Senate in Missouri. We're very you know active. But in the St. Louis community, we've been active and, and are very getting very active in issues from crime to governance, et cetera, uh, because I'm in this region and want to make a difference. So at some point in your career, you try to take what you've learned and try to apply it to actually changing the world in a way that doesn't reflect about on who you are, but mm-hmm. try to help the next generation find their own way. Give me two years, okay? Give me two years. <laughs> I, I, I'm so far ahead of you. I, I, give me two years, and then I'll I'll start taking that uh, philosophical view. I really already do, but I I I, I haven't stepped out of it yet. So it, it's great to try to be a you know a teacher and and let yourself go to where you find that maybe your greatest cause on this earth is to help others achieve something great. And once you are willing to accept that and sort of accept your true north, it's actually a fun ride. And I'm just sort of 
in that transition. And, you know, hopefully I'll find my way and maybe the greatest contribution I'll make, no one will ever know. It'll be through others that will accomplish things after I'm passed. That's great. Um, so I was asking David on the break, uh, he was kind of talking about how Missouri turned red and some of the other Mason-Dixon states. And what, as I was listening to you, uh, as I've said on the show many times, I have voted Republican for every single race for 20 years but one. And that was when we had a Republican on the show, and he was a, he was a dingus. And so I voted, <laughs> voted against his ass. Is that the term I can use Is instead that? of <laughs> yeah. seven words that I can think no. of? Uh, Amy yeah. Marks has already said bottom hole today. I know. So, yeah. heck, man. Um, that's what homeschool Christians call a butthole. Oh, right, okay. uh, Is there a button that I can push? Sort of we have our own. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. That would be good. Self-police. Yeah. Uh, but but I was going to say that for years now, I have been saying, uh, as many people have, that the Republican Party m- moved away from me. I didn't move away from it. I'm yes. I'm the cliche. I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm a social somewhere between an agnostic. Like, I don't care. Do whatever the hell you want. And and liberal people they live your life. Where would you dig? As long as you're not hurting anyone. I don't care. Mm. Um and from what you are saying, it really is true. The The Republican Party, especially locally, really did move. It's It's been co-opted. So I, I'll say this. Missouri really is a bellwether state. And, and you know, for one, it was always uh, it, it voted in a way that reflected the national elections, except Adlai Stevenson. Everybody remembers that. But here, here's the interesting part of it. For example, uh, in 1994, when you had. Really, that Jerry Falwell, Reagan, the end of that is when we saw in 94 the Southern Christians move in mass to the Republican Party. You saw that in counties south of 44. 44 is the Republican axis of the state, St. Louis West County to Joplin uh, and the lakes in between. 70 is the Democrat axis. Uh, axis. But the point is, is that just like the na- nation, all of a sudden those in John Ashcroft uh, Sr., came in politics, and we saw Springfield start to have that power. So you saw those southern counties start to really build margins, just like the country. We saw then, as I was describing, the Mason-Dixon, the yellow dog Democrats, the last of the the Democrats. They were not evangelicals, but they were southerners. They were empowered. They tended to be much more, um, uh, you know, anti-immigration, you know, uh, very pro-labor, agrarian somewhat, I would say, I don't want to say particularly racist, but I'd say there were racial connotations. And they came over in mass because they felt the party left them in that period, really right before Obama was elected, uh, 98, you still had sort of the centrist, but the Democrat Party started moving with Obama. We saw them come to the Republican Party and those disaffected. Actually, there weren't angry white men in the Republican Party until angry Democrat men came over, I would argue. And to that regard, with Trump, they found their voice and they became outliers. And then I think exasperated by social media and media and other interests has sort of then really pushed the left and the right into those more radical positions on both parties. Alva, that ring true? Yeah, I mean, nothing I could say could uh, counter that. I mean, very intellectually stated, um, you know, when you witness it and it's going on and, you know, as I've told my story, I've lived all over the United States during my newspaper career. And I'm going to say, like, I started in Illinois. Uh, then went to Michigan, heavy labor, heavily uh, Democratic. Then went to, to Little Rock, Arkansas, which is now a Republican-controlled state, obviously, but yeah. was still somewhat Democratic um, when I was there. And then I went to Virginia, Northern Virginia, lived inside D.C. and you know, bastion of you know liberalism and 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 uh, a Democratic stronghold. 
Then you move back to Missouri, a place that when I moved back in 1995 had a Democratic state legislature. It wasn't that the people changed. It was their ideology changed. And it just happened, and it didn't happen suddenly. It happened a little bit at a a time. I think that um, part of it is that while the middle of the state was very suddenly interested in politics, I think the larger areas started becoming disinterested in politics. And I think that is something that a trend that has to change if the state is going to change. I think the numbers are out there to change, but the numbers don't go out there and vote. Let me interject Mm. one thing. So Mm. I I talked about that first Mm. really migration since the Civil War was of Southern Mm. uh, uh, Christians. The second one, as I described, was the Mason-Dixon Democrats Mm. that were Southern conservatives generally. And we saw that in the Boot Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very much like Arkansas, and Mm. in Little Dixie, which is north of the Missouri Mm. River, everything from Hannibal down to Lincoln County and and over to Boone County. And then we're in the third migration is the collar counties, Jefferson County, some of your labor in St. Francis County. We're seeing the blue-collar labor, again, that I think that has found their voice somewhat in Trump. We're seeing those collar counties in Kansas City and St. Louis really transition. And I think that's the one we're in now, and I think that's going to affect everything from western Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, probably skip Illinois because Chicago is so big, and then Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, and Minnesota. You're seeing some shifts in those states because of that. But but in, in taking all those things, you know, I, I would just say that uh, there has been a, I mean, the urban-rural divide is not greater ever. I mean, I remember fair share politics, people argue St. Louis's fair share versus Kansas, whatever. I've never seen the urban-rural divide become so dramatic. Let me ask you, and get up right up on the mic for me, Dave. Um, so the Republican Party <clears throat> has moved far enough away from me that I'm wide open to Whatever candidate. Am I wasting my time hoping, praying, waiting for the old Republican Party to return or maybe to evolve back into something more palatable for me? Or like you were talking uh, before we went on the air, like, hey, reality is reality. Do you think this is it for the foreseeable future? No. And and I think actually there is one other thing. There's what we call a generational change, which most people have not realized. But every 60 years. You have this generational change where one generation leaves the field and their influence, and the next one comes. The greatest generation really came in with the baby boomers in the 60s. But remember how tumultuous? I mean, Black Panthers, uh, Woodstock, Kent State, all – I mean, it was craziness back there, nudist colleagues, all these things that if you're our age looking back, how could that have been back then? Because that's even more racy for us. And then we saw it slowly shift to a centrist, you know, to Nixon – And then, you know, Ford and Carter, and then all of a sudden it started to move to the right. And then we saw it go back centrist and then go back left. These are actually discernible trends we've seen in history. And what happens is, is my grandparents believed in institutions. They were joiners. My parents, they were in the Lions. They were in all these things. There was a more community connection. It was less partisan, especially local politics was less partisan. It was more about, oh, you know, Ron, and and you were measured by success, not by business dollars, but by you were the chamber president. You were the church board president. And that generation is gone. They trust institutions. This new generation doesn't. So we think of these vaxxers, uh, you know, the people that, oh, don't get vaccinated because there's some whatever to it. That's not young people day. Young people day because they don't trust Pfizer because Pfizer said these things. It's a different thinking. And so we're going through that change right now. And I think social media, back when it happened in the 60s, you had a few TV stations, a few media, and they were somewhat traditional and establishment. And so they kept the debate 
in, interrupters didn't have a voice, which they do today. So I think that's what's driving it. But here's what I think. I don't know in 24 if it will fully transition. But I think by 26, you're going to see that centrist movement because both parties, because look, I can I can bring up abortion, guns, any of these issues, which I'm an economic conservative. I care about, you know, creating jobs, having enough tax dollars to really make institutions work, things like that. And these other issues are sort of niche issues. But but on abortion, I would argue that 80 percent of the population believes that, look, abortion probably isn't right, but I'm not going to throw someone in jail. I'm not going to lecture someone. It's a terrible personal choice that should be made. 10% on either side wants to either ban it outright and put people in jail or allow abortions after birth. And to that regard, I don't think that represents the politic, and I don't think that can sustain. You feel the same way about the Democrat side? I, well, I kind of feel like the, the we say, will, will a, a moderate Republican Party return? I think that comes down to the 2024 national election. I think if, if, if Trump were to run and were to lose, then I think that would be enough is enough for people. There's been enough dysfunction. There's been enough of this. There's been enough of that. Oh, and by the way, we're the reason that we lost this election. And so I think that could, you know, change things. Uh, as far as Democrats are concerned, I think when you when you have, you know, Congress people that are in these districts where they just it's hard to beat them, you know, because they're just entrenched and they say crazy stuff and they do and they do crazy things. I think it's up to the people of those districts to to change. I'm not I'm not picking or saying who I would like to win. St. Louis has a choice coming up where they could change to be a little bit more moderate. I think that it will probably be going on in a lot of places across the United States. So, yes, I, I think both parties will be changing. I think people are younger. I think one of the things that at least I've been reading or seeing kind of is that there are a lot more young people that are going to to vote in this election in 2024, mm-hmm. certainly that that and, voted in, in 2016. Right. We're seeing a trend yeah. of younger people mm-hmm. actually looking more at Republicans because mm-hmm. they are very family-oriented, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately not community-oriented, which mm-hmm. I think is the disconnect. But but there is starting to be that shift. Now, what's fascinating is the midterm elections. What most people didn't realize, and I don't know if Republicans wanted to admit it, is that they should have won everything. Because if you look at the right track, wrong track, you look at Biden. I mean, again, I'm not trying to be partisan here, but I'm just saying is that normally in the historic perspective that Republicans should have swept everything. Yes. So, one, there is clearly a shift from, you know, what used to be the paradigm in politics. But two, I would argue the Democrats are so far ahead of Republicans in terms of their ability with the media, institutions, funding, uh, campaigning. Republicans just wanted to ignore early voting. Well, we don't like it, so we're going to ignore it at their own peril because you see where early voting numbers. So we'll Republicans call it cheating. have a real <laughs> comeuppance, a real comeuppance <laughs> to try to even get in parity with the Democrats mm-hmm. to win the election. But with that said, I don't think Biden's going to be on the ballot, and I don't mean that as conspiracy. I think if I'm a Democrat, the last impediment I see to our success in 24 is Biden. And the only problem they have is have the progressives taken over the party at such a level that they'll come out with a Cory Bush no. as a presidential nominee. No. And I agree with you. I, 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 I don't I, think so, right. but i got to say it's a bad omen to go to Chicago mm. after the 68 debacle. Right. And, and, and if you lose Biden, who's going to be in control of the party? I, I honestly They're think he won't run either, and I think that is – I hope that's being – 
kind of determined right now. I think and, it is. And I, I honestly do not think he will run because just exactly what you said. So, like, wait a minute, you size this up. And, and, and you can use the the, the election from, from two weeks ago and midterms. And then, like, what happened? What happened? Why does Kentucky still have a Democratic government? He doesn't have the Why staff or he's not raising the money yeah. that any other incumbent president running for election right. do. There's and some tells there. Right. And so, thus, I think that's what everybody's looking at. So, like, we could actually really pull this off if it weren't for you. Yeah. So how about you go away and take uh, the vice president with you? Yeah. Not hating on her, but... You know, she's part of the problem as well. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to talk to uh, David Barklage and Alvin Reed here. 425 DGS on KMOX. Alvin Reed and David Barklage are here for the Think Tank. Uh, so, David, both you and Alvin agreed that the only thing standing in the Democrats' way in 2024 is the leader of the party, uh, Joe Biden. So on the other side of the ticket, uh, Donald Trump seems to be the presumptive nominee. What are the chances he is a nominee? And if so, is that a good or a bad thing for the Republicans? Well, I think it's a, it would be a bad thing for Republicans if he were the nominee. I think there are enough people that said enough is enough. And, you know, you're really kind of you're, you're really in trouble. And all this isn't made up. You've, you've broken the law. And I, I mean, I, I think at least on one of them, he'll be found guilty of the many that he's got to stand up to between now and November of 2024. So I think it's a bad thing for Republicans. I think there are a lot of Republicans in there that hope that he does not run, especially. And, and the wave of Donald, you can't run, would intensify the day that Joe Biden announces that he's not going to run. So, you know, I was one that never thought Donald Trump would make it. And, of course, it's a young man's game to predict elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you get older, you realize. I'm over four <laughs> on, on the last four. It's very yeah. easy to miss him. But, you know, and there were a lot of dynamics that were unique in that election. Um, but I guess I would say that that I at first felt that he would not be the nominee based on the fact that you had a group of people that I felt the debates would help define. Uh, I think, unfortunately, uh, their mindset has been so desperately. And I think, again, it's it's if I were their handlers, I'm not sure that they're operating in the in the right election cycle. Uh, it seems that it's sort of they're tasking them to carry things that are really make sense maybe 10 years ago than today. And to that regard, if I were that group, I would all get together and say, look, guys, the only way any of us are going to win is if we make ourselves look good, if we make people feel good, if we can sound and make our arguments and talk about things that bring us up. And instead, they've elbowed each other for last place. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I think, unfortunately, what I thought might occur is these people defining themselves and raise, rising to a level where they look presidential, where they seem to be a alternative. They're not yet. Now, could it happen? Perhaps. Uh, I mean, I think DeSantis, as much as he's been knocked down, uh, you saw John McCain come back uh, after early defeats. So it is possible. National elections are about a certain organization and fundraising ability, and it is narrowing down. You know, if if the, the, the field falls away and it's just one person out there or maybe two people and they get the game that they need to be sort of um, for themselves, not necessarily against Donald, I think they could rise to it. But I think that window's closing. And what's worse is I don't see anything good. I think all the trials, all the pressure on 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 Trump, business-wise, everything else, any normal person would fold under that or make mistakes. 
Uh, and the fact that he's driven, that his family doesn't seem to be engaged, that he's dealing with a third or fourth team of politics, that it's becoming more of a cult uh, than it is a party uh, around him. I worry that he is going to be very isolated and could draw the Republican Party into one of the greatest defeats in history, which I guess some people say would be good a reset. But I think the problem is our party has to decide, are we going to just let anger and frustration over how we see things drive us, or can we step up and actually govern? And I think that is the soul of the Republican Party is fighting governance and actually building the country versus just wanting to tear it down because we're angry. That is our cross. Excellent. Thank you, fellas. Hey, thank you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, boy, I like Def Leppard. <laughs> I do, too. Anything pyromania and before. <laughs> Oof. I don't know what No, the, but this is good, though. This is Pyromania. When, oh, okay. when Phoebe's uh-huh. little, she had a book about bucket fillers and bucket dippers. And it was just people, like, taking the sunshine and rainbows and unicorn and putting it in your bucket and making you happy or taking it out of your bucket. <laughs> He's a bucket dipper. Yeah. He's <laughs> dipping out of my Def Leppard bucket. Those are, those hey, are I told you, I like that one. Those are dangerous. Uh, that's a dangerous book to read on the radio. <laughs> Um, Okay, so I want to do uh, Stairway to Kevin here, but first, just in case you missed it, this is amazing. Uh, Let's do the new audio of the Senate, and this is a (laughs) senator of this country, not Guatemala, this country, challenging the head of the Teamsters, a guest in the Senate, a witness in the Senate, to a fistfight on the floor of the Senate. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults, we can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your right. solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Oh, you're a clown. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. 
And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not make it worse. I don't like thugs and bullies. You, you have the, and that's you have the mic. Because you, you just it. described yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All right. Make your statement. Then let's do this. Because I did challenge you, and I accepted your challenge. And you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. No, I was no, no, you no, no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no, no, like no, a twelve-year-old schoolyard bully. <laughs> right. I love, I love the Teamsters voice. Yeah, He's I was gonna say, voice. could he sound more Teamsters? This is gonna be my new catchphrase. If anyone gets pulled over Stand tonight by the cops, just play him that and go like, I don't have to follow any rules anymore. Yeah, there are no rules. There are no rules when Poor the senators Bernie. are acting like that. Bernie was honestly trying his hardest. Good for Bernie. Yeah, <laughs> he was Good definitely giving it a go. I, I like agree with his politics, but you know what? Good for you, Bernie. I like that the senator acted like he had calmed down, and then he'd be like, now nah, you challenged <laughs> I And I accepted your challenge. <laughs> They're like, okay. What are okay. you talking about? You went quiet. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like you are. <laughs> stairway. It's, All right. Well, actually, it's funny. I told Andrew earlier that audio was going to be stairway, hmm. um, or at least part of the conversation, so it's a perfect lead-in, even though you didn't know that. But at what point... <laughs> Do we start paying better attention to who's actually running? I mean, do you want to hire? Do you want like a bunch of meatheads? They're like, oh, I'll fist fight you because I disagree with you. Uh, or do you want Fetterman's who want to, like I said, they want to be a fifteen-year-old boy for the Alvin rest of their Reeds lives? And David Barkliches. This is the thing. Like, but it's our fault. We're the idiots that keep choosing these two. Uh, I, I mean, I mentioned you know Mullen and and Fetterman, and we're choosing. Uh, MTG and Bobert and because we like to be entertained. And, we're that simple and we're that stupid. Uh, we, we like things that entertain us, so we go, "Oh, <laughs> who cares about like the actual betterment of the United States of America?" You're making me smile and laugh and feel excited right now, so I'm going to vote for you because you entertain me. So we are now in the Colosseum era of the Roman Empire. Seems like it. Just throw everybody into the ring. We want to see everybody kill each other and fight each other because that's only gonna. That's the only thing that's gonna make us happy. Is we care. We we just want the carnage and the chaos. How did that end? <laughs> did that end okay? Did that whole process? Did that go well for the typical Roman citizen? Did that go well for the average person of that time? Were they getting ahead? Were they doing better? Because what I remember is. The political elites, the wealthy people in Rome, they used the games, the Colosseum, and the various Colosseums, or is it Colosseae, <laughs> the various venues all around the empire to distract people from how sucky their life was. So you could come and see the gladiator games, you could come and see criminals eaten by lions, and anybody that was, you know, the, the Christians being attacked. You could see all of that and enjoy it, get some free bread, and you know, and for that day, you didn't have any problems. And then the next not day, not amused. I mean, that's is that where we are? Yes. Yeah. It really is. Well, that's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny to hear like a, a highly emotional fight like that played back? Yeah. Because neither of them are really making that much sense whenever no, they talk. No. Mm-hmm. And he's look, like, "You were quiet." It's like, "Well, no, he wasn't." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and look, I've been in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm not a senator. A yes, I'm not a senator. I'm a doofy sports guy who's done that stuff for, forever. I mean, I recognize that when you're in that position, you can't be that. 
if you were that way, I mean, look, Mark Wayne Mullen, he's an MMA guy, right? He, he's, he grew up fighting. He's a wrestler. If you're that way in that element of your life, fine. All good. But you can't be that when you're sitting in the chamber. You can't be that when you are Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. John, John Fetterman, you can be that guy, the shorts and sandals in December guy. But you can't be that in the Senate. Like, how hard is it to just say when it's time to go to work? And that's what I think most of us regular people get. When it's time for important work, we do it right. And look at what when when terrible things happen. That's often when you see the best of people. When it's time to go to work, when it was time for firemen and and, and police officers to charge into the Twin Towers on 9-11, they did it. That's the best of what we are. Because when it's time for the hard stuff, we buck up and do it. But when it's this kind of stuff now, and I don't know that people act the same way as they did 20 years ago. Like at some point, we need to be the ones that decide we're not okay with that. But at this point, we only get mad at somebody if they're on the other team. If I like the red team, well, it's always the blues team's fault. And if I like the blue team, it's always the red team's fault. And I can't vote against my guy because if I vote against my guy, that other team might win that particular race or that particular. It's it's a combination of like the the days at the old Coliseum and everybody just being a football fan. Like it's two teams. It's it's you know it's it's the the old rivalry with the uh, with the Rams and the Seahawks or or the Rams and the Forty ers way way back. It's not that though. Right? I mean, we're all on the same team. And that's what's so irritating is that so many people don't see it that way. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's crap on Uber One. Oh, please. <laughs> all right, so I was just on vacation, and, you know, you usually end up spending a little more than you want. So then you start thinking, like, how can I cut expenses? And I go, I know, I'll cancel my Uber One account because all it does is can encourage me to get more Uber Eats which is just more and more money over time. So I'm like, I'm going to get rid of the account. So I go in to cancel it. You guys, I am not exaggerating when I say they asked me six times if I was sure I wanted to cancel. (laughs) They're like, are you sure though? Okay. I know you just said you were sure, but for reals, are you sure? Because we we really love taking all of your money. I just don't want you to cancel for any reason. It was ridiculous. Like they didn't even offer you anything? Oh, they offered me like 70% off the next month, but I still, I'm like, no, it's a scam. I have to go in and. Uh, quit the gym. I joined a year ago and I've been three times. And <laughs> I know I know they're going to do the whole thing. Like, yeah. well, what about this? Or I'm just like, dude, I've been here three times. What right. can we do to keep you? Yeah. How about some free personal training sessions? Yeah, that's the last thing I want. <laughs> <laughs> the Dave, very last thing. Dave's just like, leave me alone. I don't alone. want you to watch me not work out. Right. You know what would be great? Oh, is if they somebody did that to you on per- in person. Like they, you ask oh, them. Like, are you sure? Like somebody comes up to you in a like in a bar, and they're <laughs> like, "Hey, can I get you a drink?" And you're like, "Nah, I'm good." No, seriously though, can I get you a drink? And they ask six times, you'd be like, "Uh, security." Okay, mm-hmm. call the cops. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 